Welcome to the Crazy Chester Radio Hour. My guest today is Steve Trash. Steve is a magician, an ecologist, a musician, I might say, and we'll, we'll get to talk about that more. Uh, he's based in the Muscle Shoals area of, of Alabama, where a lot of our music is happening. And most of all, he's one of the most interesting people I know. <laughs> so I made sure I uh, extend I an invitation $20 out to, to you, that, Steve. To <laughs> and uh, welcome to Crazy Chester Radio Hour, Steve. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, I, I know that just simply by Steve Trash being here, we are expanding your audience beyond just straight up music because I could never decide what part of the arts I really loved the most. So it's it includes music, but maybe that's because I'm from here. We can, we can talk about that. I don't know. Absolutely. We can explore it a little bit more, but I think the common denominator of all my guests is some sort of connection to music. Mm. And I know you have a deep love for music and you are a musician, <laughs> even if you might dispute that. But we'll talk about that in a minute. You were born in San Angelo, yep, Texas. Yep, San Angelo, Texas. Yeah, West Texas. Good job. So question. Yes. It's like, do you have an earlier memory of music or an earlier memory of magic? Oh, oh, music by a long, 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 long shot. Uh, in fact, part of it is family lore, but part of it is something that I actually remember. I mean, hands down, the first musical artist that I remember is Hank Sr. Um, I, 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 my mother says when I was three in West Texas, we'd be riding along in the crappiest old truck you can imagine. You know, it's held together by rubber bands and tiny pieces of uh, wire. And she said I would just be singing. I saw the light at the top of my lungs, which, of course, is a Hank Williams Sr. Uh, covered song or did he cover? He actually wrote it. That's I don't song. know, but he owns it in the way he sings it. And I, I even as a three-year-old, I adored that song, and it's still one of my favorite. So music is absolutely my first memory. Yeah, and the way we met was through music because you decided to make a record or, or to record a collection of songs mm -hmm. that uh, connect to your career as a, as a magician and as somebody who's very much caring for this planet with a mutual friend of ours, Calvin Holly, who probably a lot of my listeners might know. If not, he's been with the Amazing Rhythm Aces for the past 20 years. He was Little Richard's lead guitar player and is currently also playing with Peggy Young, who is uh, Neil Young's ex-wife, among many other things, and the session players. But why don't we start there? How did you, how did that project originate and how did you hook up with Calvin? So I have, um, this would be, I've been a rockin' eco hero for more than 30 years. And uh, that is, that's sort of my made up term for 
I teach kids about their connection to nature, to the environment, to the natural world. And that would include simple stuff like recycling or, you know, not creating a lot of litter, you know, just taking care of the planet. And I'm always looking for a new way to connect with audiences that I can share that message. And it occurred to me quite a while ago that I, I had never really ventured into recorded music. I mean, music is a really big part of my live stage show. But it, it actually dawned on me when I, I went to the, to the Tennessee River Muscle Shoals Sound, which is now Cypress Moon, and I was dropping a tape off, a, a videotape for Kelvin's wife. It was a project she was working on. I had some footage she needed. I dropped it off, and Kelvin... Um, said, oh, yeah, he was outside taking a break, and he said, we're inside uh, recording. Would you like to come listen? And I was like, I, I don't, is that okay? I've never been to a recording session before. He goes, yeah, of course. So I walk in, and um, David Hood is there. I mean, in essence, you've got Kelvin plus the Muscle Shoals sound rhythm section in there. And I was floored by how together they were as they were recording and they're just making a song up right they're just making it up but they're looking at each other and they're playing off of each other and as an inspiration while I'm watching them just make this song up I thought I wonder if I couldn't write down some of the things I know about the environment and then have a professional musician which I'm surrounded by professional musicians make it sound good and so I sort of grabbed Kelvin after they laid down that track and I said, if I wrote some words, would you help me with the music and making it sound good? And he goes, I love it. Let's do it. Just call me. So we did. And that's the beginning of that project. Yeah, yeah. The the beginning of the project that we call the Trash Tunes. Um, Kelvin and I are both um, really big, huge fans of lots of different genres of music. Although I grew, I grew up here in the Shoals and R and B, that kind of sound, I love. But I really love all the way across. I love from deep country to to pop to heavy rock and roll. So I would bring an idea, a musical idea, in to Kelvin and say. Which one of your guitars can you use on this? I mean, we even both are passionate Beatles fans. And I said, Kelvin, that's a sitar over there. Could you play a sitar on one of the songs? And he goes, sure. You know, nobody ever, nobody ever asks for that guitar. So he, you know, strikes up this really cool George Harrison Within You, Without You thing. And in fact, it's one of my one of my favorite songs we made called... Uh, um, Sun juice, which is about the solar panels that I have in my my front yard that uh, make uh, electricity, clean green electricity. Yeah, and those, some of the other titles are the aluminum can blues or recycle flip, rock and eco heroes, and you guys actually even had a chance to, I guess, back by the decoys, which <laughs> yeah. is David Hood's band, <laughs> play funny. those songs live one day. <laughs> I remember coming to see you here out in the in the park. Yeah, uh, they were. Do you know you know those bucket list items that you have when you're like, um, well, I I should just at least ask if they would look at these songs and learn them. So they said sure, and so yeah, I fronted. Um, I fronted the decoys, and it was Kelvin, it was David. Um, who was on drums that day? It was uh, Mike Dillon. Yeah, Dillon was. Yeah, Mike Dillon was on drums. And it was really fun. Frankly, I could have been a lot better because I'm 
they're all professionals, you know. I'm a professional entertainer, um, but it, it was uh, it was a worthwhile experience, and I loved doing it. So, because when you're with that caliber musician, it's um, it's pretty uh, remarkable. Yeah, and when you do your performance, you have quite an arsenal of interesting tools and objects that you enhance your your performance with. Yeah. One of them is, if I'm not completely wrong, is a cigar box guitar. You're 100% correct. Um, in 1980, okay, so I, I went to school in Florence here in Alabama. Uh, I graduated in 1980. Uh, then I, I went to University of Alabama for a year, and I'm trying to study theater, and I'm trying to study television, and I run out of money, and I come home to Florence, and I graduated with, uh, graduate with a degree in theater from the University of North Alabama. The day after I graduate, I'm packing my bags, and I move to New York City. Two days later, I live in New York City on Spring Street in a five-story walk-up, and I'm poor as a church mouse. So... I began my kids' entertainment career as a busker or a street performer because no one would hire me. So I would go to either Central Park near the Delacorte Clock near the zoo, or I would go down to Wall Street or South Street Seaport, and I would perform my show, and I would pass the hat. And in the middle to early 80s, New York City was disgustingly dirty, right? There was trash everywhere. And people would bring me trash, and they would hold it up and say, oh, well, if you're an okay magician, why don't you do a trick with this? And I, if I could do a trick with that, they would, I would pass the hat and they would give me more money. And it occurred to me, since my name was already, my stage name was Steve Trash, just like garbage, why not roll that in and try to make the whole theme of the show tie back to this notion that garbage is a natural resource, natural resources are valuable, and over the arc of my career, just like you said, I've started to incorporate um, uh, reclaimed object instruments. As an example, a cigar box guitar. Or I have a six-string guitar that's made of a metal gas can uh, that is, uh, it's essentially a dobro, you know, and it's really, really great sounding, great sounding. And I play those adequately. The truth is, I can play chords, so I open tune it to G, and I just bar chord up and down, and I look like a rock star, which is really all that's important, just look like a rock star. <laughs> yeah, and now you get to perform all over the country, oh, yeah. too. Um, how did that career kind of blossom from those very early stages? Um, for me, it became very obvious when I was a little kid, that I would have to be a touring national artist, that I could never make uh, a living staying in Alabama. So like I said, I instantly moved to New York City. I lived there for five or six, five or six years. Uh, then I moved to Los Angeles. By the time I lived in California, I'd already established that I, was, I could work lots of different venues. I could work on a college campus or I could work in a performing arts venue um, and I could still live at home because I'm a bit of a country mouse. I like living in the country. You know, I, I, I just enjoy it. You know, I've got dogs. My wife loves to live out in the woods. And so I sort of built this metric where Steve Trash could go to where the venue was knowing that's how I make a living. I mean, for instance, tomorrow I leave for a performing arts venue in uh, northern Michigan and the week 
four or five. I've got two days, and then I've got a venue down in Orlando, Florida, two days after that. And then four days after that, I'm up at North Carolina in Raleigh. So um, I studied business to try to figure out how to make myself this little niche thing that I wanted to be, a rock and eco hero. Yeah. So whenever I work with an artist and an artist is asking me, you know, what is one of the most important talents to have or of the most important things to do, I you almost always say, hey, be unique. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like that other one that's already there, that other person prob does it longer and probably better. Mm -hmm. So why and how are you unique? Mm -hmm. What you would you say? I mean, you're very much unique and cornered that niche mm -hmm. really well what you're doing. So would you agree that being unique as an artist is a huge asset? Yeah, I would say uh, I agree by the by a factor of 10. Um, I, I'll tell you a really quick story. When I was a kid, I looked around. Um, the Shoals has a really, not only does it have a really fine fine music community, mostly recorded music. Nowadays, it's live. But back in the day when I was a kid, it was only recorded music. You couldn't hardly get shot live music-wise. Um, but there was a really good community theater community here, right? And it encouraged me to get on the stage and perform. And really lucky, early in my career, I was probably only about 17 or 18, I went to... Um, this magician's convention. And there was a magician's convention there who was very famous. Uh, he was a magician at the convention, and the guy's stage name is Mr. Electric. Okay? Now, his shtick is and was um, that he did everything with light bulbs. Okay? Now, he's been on the cover of every magic magazine. He's been on The Tonight Show. He's been on Jack Part, Name and Ed Sullivan, all of those old TV shows. So the guy was famous. He knew how to make a living doing this. So I realize, oh, Mr. Electric is going to be at this convention. I need to go talk to him. Because I'm, I'm just this snotty-nosed kid from Alabama. I don't even know a professional magician, right? At that point, I don't think I even know any professional musicians, you know? So I corner Mr. Electric and I say, Mr. Electric, I'm willing to work hard. Just what's like the one thing I need to focus on to, to be a professional magician, a professional entertainer. And he said, that's easy. I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. He said, if the booker out there wants a magician, they literally, literally have thousands of choices. But if they want the guy with the light bulbs, they want me. He said, kid, just go find your light bulb. Right now, I'm either 17 or 18, but I'm smart enough to realize that manna from heaven has just been laid in front of me. And what I have to do is go find whatever my light bulb was. So my mom was a teacher. My dad was a forester. I'm passionate about the outdoors. So in the back of my mind, I started thinking, OK, you can't get passionate about something that you're not really into. You can't create an art form around anything that you don't believe in or you don't know anything about. So I thought, okay, I, I think I know something about this whole recycling environment thing. What if we make, what if I become that guy? What if my light bulb is the environment? And so I, I had a little bit of success and a little bit more and a little bit more. And each time I had a little more success, 
I double down on that same thing to make me so unique. Mind you, there are people that can't stand Frank Zappa, right? But Frank Zappa was 100% himself. Original. Making what he wanted to make. And he was kind of like, if you don't get it, I'm really fine with that. I'm doing this thing that's me and that I need to express. And so for me, I'm always expressing the sort of through line that is environment, ecology, sustainability, you know, care for the people around you, care for the natural world around you. And that runs through all of everything that I do music wise. It runs through the, the magic tricks and frankly, even the humor on stage. I guess if there ever was a light bulb moment. Yeah, <laughs> right. I had my light bulb moment, and it actually involved light bulbs. That's that's hundred percent true. Years later, um, years. I mean, like like twenty seven years after that happened, I was at auction at the Magic Castle. I'm a member of the Magic Castle in Hollywood, which is like this really really exclusive magic club, and they had a, they had an they had a um, auction, and they're raising money uh, for a, a magician's cause. And there was a Mister Electric light bulb that he had autographed. And uh, I don't. I bid a lot of money on that, and it's it's in my office now. Because the guy, I was smart enough to pick it up, but he gave me my career. He said just what you said: be unique, and and make sure that it's true to who you are. Because it would feel stale to me to just be a magician, or frankly, even a musician. It, it to me, it gets me excited to share what I know about ecology and the environment with people wherever they are. If it's more of a music thing, I'm happy to do that. If it's more of a magic thing, I'm happy to do that. If it's more of a, a mystery and a comedy thing, I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's flowing through me, and, and they can just pick it up you know, wherever they find it. Yeah. So you mentioned the signed light bulb sitting in your office. Yeah. And I've never been to your house personally, but <laughs> your house has been featured in a magazine, yeah. in a really interesting article. <laughs> and you are living in the most unique, like if you keep the theme there, yeah. house. Tell me a little bit about your where you and, and your wife live. Well, I'm really lucky that my wife is an ex-hippie, right? So she loves, number one, uh, being frugal, which is another word for cheap. Uh, and she's really passionate about the environment. So we live in a two-story earth-bermed house, which means that the, the, the most of the house, it's kind of like a basement, but most of the house on three sides is buried underneath the ground. The walls are poured concrete, so they have a really, really heavy thermal mass. The second floor, um, the, the actual floor is about six inches of poured concrete. Concrete has a tendency to um, share if it's hot or if it's cold. The earth, if you get down below about two and a half feet, the earth stays a pretty constant temperature, about 58. So in the summertime, it's hot in Alabama. But if you're down below grade and that concrete will absorb that temperature, it's drawing in the cool temperature of the earth so you don't have to uh, cool your house as much. And the, the, the inverse is, is true as well. If it's 27 degrees outside, you only have to heat your house um, up beyond about 58 degrees because you're drawing that in. I also have, uh, we've, we've done things over the years to make it um, as uh, energy efficient as, and as little impacting as we possibly can. I live in a little community in Alabama called Frog Pond, Alabama. It's a very, very tiny community. It's about 45 minutes or an hour 
eh, maybe about 45 minutes south of uh, here. Um, and we have a composting toilet, uh, um, excuse me, a composting, composting bathtub in the backyard. So our compost is actually in a little clawfoot bathtub. We use an on-demand water heater because um, tanks are very wasteful because you're constantly heating water that you're not using. So we use an on-demand water heater. We have um, the whole south-facing wall of our house. I think it's 22 maybe more than that, uh, are double-pane windows. So during the wintertime, they're deciduous trees, and it allows the sunlight in because the sun is lower in the sky, and it allows that sunlight and heat to come in. During the summertime, those are deciduous trees, so they have leaves. So my house is covered in shade, and are about 70, 80, I'm going to say about 100 and about 100 feet in front of the house, I have a 21-panel uh, solar array, so it collects uh, electricity from the sun, takes that electricity and runs it uh, to the house. Yeah, so the, you, you don't just talk it, you walk <laughs> it. Well, here's, here's the thing. If you're going to share something with children, don't you think... That number one, you need to know what you're talking about. Oh, they can about. see right through. Oh man, they just the the BS. The meters are very good on children. And what I want to do is I want to share what I know about something uh, in a very practical sense. If if someone says it's environmental, I'm not necessarily going to buy in. I'm a, I'm a magician by trade, so I'm naturally skeptical about lots of things. So uh, for instance, with solar energy. There are really great things, and there are not-so-great things. The not-so-great things would be, uh, in Alabama, at 501, you're not making any electricity. The sun is down. You, it, it cannot generate electricity, and that's not a great thing. Um, on the plus side is from, at my house at least, from about 730 to about 445, you can make varying degrees, and by make, of course, really all you're doing is collecting um, energy from the sun, and then it's being converted into electricity. But that conversion is, number one, you're doing it yourself. So if you believe in freedom and liberty and independence, guess what? That if you make your own electricity, that's about, that's, as, that's about as, as that's about as free as you can be. You're making your own electricity. Also, I'm not contributing to any pollution. Once those panels are up and collecting energy, you're not continually adding uh, pollution to the environment. It's essentially clean and green once it's installed and once it's running. Yeah, that's actually something. My dad is a huge eager. He has solar panels on the roof, driving really? an electric car, and it's just like he was a biology teacher. Ah, uh, see, he gets so it. he can yeah. Yeah, yeah, biology people really they understand their connection to the natural world and how uh, if there is a through line, and your dad probably has multiple ways of expressing this, but if there's a through line to all of the work that I do, it's probably this, that everything in nature is connected uh, at the atomic level, at the chemical level, and uh, at the biologic level. It, it is inseparable. And so we have to be I wouldn't say overly concerned, but we have to be aware of the impact we can have on the natural world around us because if it's all connected it means that the stuff that you throw out into the natural world will come back it will come back to you because it's all connected it's not a metaphor it's actually a physical reality yeah and that's you know that's usually important to me too yeah. um 
let's circle back to the fact that you're part of this community here in Northwest yeah. Alabama and especially the Muscle Shoals area. How old were you when you moved here? Uh, I was th- uh, thir- I was 13, so I moved here in 76. And I'll tell you, the Muscle Shoals sound, when you're a kid, when you're like 12, 13, unless you know one of the professional musicians, <laughs> the funniest thing is rumors would go around the school. Uh, you know the Rolling Stones are in town, right? Or you know Bob Seger's in town. Or, or you know Paul Simons. And, and all the kids would be like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because why would they come here? This is a this is a pissant nothing town. Well, that's all true. We just weren't connected to that that world. I didn't know any of those musicians until much later. And so, as I as I grew up and I started to be a professional entertainer, and I would come to events that were happening in the shoals, I started to meet some of these. I hesitate to call them local musicians because they're some of them are quite famous worldwide but they do they live here right this is they live here and they record here and in many cases they record around the world so i would start to meet them and to a person they were so generous with their time and no ego i mean that's the one thing you can say about the people that make music here is they seem to have virtually no ego maybe it's because i'm i'm no threat musically to them but but i've not i've not found that I, and i'll give you a great example kelvin holly who you listed off his credits really early on i said kelvin i'm not an experienced songwriter i'm just passionate about the environment and know some things about the environment i'm i'm literally going to lay down some tracks on my cigar box guitar on garage band and bring them in and he said oh just stop right there stop right there he said no one here cares. We just care about the music. No one is going to grade you on some kind of scale that, oh, he doesn't have the chops to be here or not. And I've I've absolutely found that to be true. Is that because I, you know, I know I'm not a great musician. I love it. I, and if you give me a choice between practicing a magic trick on my front porch or playing the guitar, I will absolutely be sitting out there playing the guitar. But I know, because I've seen what they can do, I've seen what those really good people can do with a musical instrument. So I know kind of how high that mountain is. But I never once, from any of the professionals, and I've hired many of them to come in and do session stuff, you know, at the Nut House with Jimmy, because I liked what they brought to it, you know. I mean, you've got Marie Louie, who's a really, uh, she and Cindy are just, remarkable with what they can do with their voices. So I wrote a song called um, Green Lightning, which was about an electric car, about a, a racing electric car, right? And I thought, I'm hearing it as a rockabilly song. And there is, I need a rockabilly song. I really need women doing backing vocals. And to have them come in and watch them work I envisioned and I, I wrote what I wanted them to sing on the keyboard, right? I was like, well, this is what this is the note that I'm hearing. But they would counterbalance against each other, you know, and make these really interesting sounds I could never have imagined in advance. So it was just nice nice to let them roll and do their thing. Uh Jimmy Nutt's another good example. Jimmy Nutt is a very talented musician. I mean, he's usually behind there, 
you know, behind the board and adjusting knobs and stuff. But I'll say, you know, Jimmy, I have a really great Stratocaster. Would you play a really amazing chord on this or, you know, make something, just make something interesting? And uh, he can. Yeah, so uh, we started this off by talking about the project you did with Kelvin Holly. Mm -hmm. And what you're referring to now is you did a second project here at the Nut House. The album is called The Green Album. Yeah, The Green. Okay, uh, all right, let let me let me uh, interject there. It's called The Green Album because, like I said, Kelvin and I were big fans of the Beatles. And the, the Beatles, uh, my father died when I was 14, very suddenly, very surprising. And the Beatles were sort of there. Um, to sort of usher me through some hard times. And so I know I love everything about the Beatles. And the Beatles, of course, have an album called The White Album because it says nothing but, you know, the Beatles on the front, and it's a double, you know, album. And so I like all genres, and I thought, well, I'm going to try to be cheeky and make an album called The Green Album. And I think Green Day actually has an album called The Green Album, too. Uh, But... You know, it's not like I'm any kind of competition. I'm a kid's entertainer. So, yeah, so I brought this project into Jimmy. And once again, I had so many different genres that I wanted to goof with. Um, As I brought this in, I kind of treated Jimmy the way I treated Kelvin. I said, look, I have an idea for each individual track. I kind of want it to sound this way. Let's expand on that and just see what it turns into. And I'll even say... You came in with an idea that I never in a million years would have thought about, that, that the word logical is a part of the word ecological. So I went back and created a song called Ecology is Ecological. See, it's a, you know, a English not being your first language. You probably notice things like that much more easily since we just say it. You know, and then all of a sudden, oh, my God, of course, ecology, eco is logical. That makes total sense. And so it was fun to go back and write like an EDM, you know, a dance song to that to that theme. Yeah. And something you mentioned earlier when talking about the music that, you know, like lack of egos. Mm -hmm. I always when people ask me, why are you, you know, in Muscle Shoals or why did you, you know, come down here I was just well I came here because I fell in love with the music mm-hmm. but I really keep coming back because of the warmth and the welcomeness of the mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that's really something that I think is unique about this you know mu- music community here that it's like they're not just world class musicians but they're also real fine human beings yeah yeah I would I would agree with that the um all of them are uh world-class players as well as really decent people. And I lived in L.A. You know, I've seen my share of super egotistical people. And uh, Quincy, Quincy Jones has a, um, has a, there's a Netflix bio out on him right now. And he, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he basically says, you start with being humble about your creativity and being, oh, what does he use? for your success. He says, uh, be, I can't remember the word, but it basically means, oh, grateful for your success. That you don't need to be a gunslinger 
uh, about all of the great records that you've played on or how great a musician. The, the proof is in the pudding. And I think the musicians, or at least my interface with them here, has simply been, hey, sure, let's let's do that. Come on, let's go do something fun. And, you know, they're real good to invite you to projects that they're working on, like Kelvin invite me in to listen. And I mean, they they... It's unlikely that I closed my mouth. It was just a gape listening to them jamming there because I was so un unused to that because they were really, really amazing and tight. It was good. Yeah, and I think they always appreciate what an individual can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And in your case, it was something interesting. It might have been something somewhat left out of left field, <laughs> but that's we're back to unique. You know, yeah. something Kelvin has never done anything like that before, right. and that piqued his interest. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he had as, as great a time working on that project as you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's right because I'm bringing. I mean, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to children's entertainment. I know what I'm talking about. Interestingly enough, neither one of the CDs that we made, the Trash Tunes or the Green Album, are particularly children's music. Again. I just said, let's make something that we like and that we enjoy. And what I have found is you you don't have to make it for kids for them to kind of get the groove. I mean, kids like rockabilly. Even one of the songs was a beatbox. One of my friends, A.B., is an amazing beatboxer. So I kind of gave him a few words to hit, and he built a beatbox for us. And Jimmy laid the tracks down, mixed it a little different, you know, put this on top of that, a a couple of things. The thing that artists do is they make stuff that didn't exist before. That's that's all we do. And my feeling is all human beings are creative. If you're a mathematician, you aren't probably painting paintings, but but you're creating. You're 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 in your mind making something new that never existed before. If you're an engineer, you're making something new. And I think it is fundamental to human beings that they create. I think it's almost like a life force thing is that if you're not creating, in essence, I think you're dying, you know? And so I have these periods where I have to bring other people in and stretch myself art form wise. Because I mean, as you can imagine, it might be very, very embarrassing for someone like me to come in to a recording studio and not be able to play my way out of a paper bag, but have all of these professional musicians around me. But I'm willing to take the chance of looking like a real ass. You know, I'm I'm willing to take that chance because what I want is this stuff to exist in the world. And if it turns out to be really good, fantastic. If it really sucks, it's totally my fault, right? Because I don't care about that. What I really care about is this music, this idea should exist. Get these creative people to help me make it happen. Yeah, and I think that's just a great way to look at any any project. Um, you're using your art also to communicate about, you know, the beauty of this planet and how to take care of it. And uh, there are different musicians that do that. I mm-hmm. went to see Jack Johnson, to, <laughs> like, you know, beach folk rocker yep. uh, this summer. and uh, Oh, he, you saw him this summer? You saw him on tour yeah, this summer? Wow. I saw him in, t- in Nashville. Yeah, and I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan too, but also I very much admire what he does. He's like, he makes venues totally abandoned like single-use plastics for mm-hmm. the show. Right. He 
He engages people by, he has this app where people can collect points when they recycle or learn about local environment, you know, causes, right. stuff like that. It's really good. Right. And I think it's it's just a good example how you can actually turn your, your kind of the power you have as an artist or as a role model mm-hmm. and doing good. In his case, as a celebrity, because Jack Johnson is well known. I mean, after doing Curious George, the man blew up. I mean, he blew up. Um, and he, he's gone on to create really good music since then. But I would totally agree with that. And I would say to your listening audience who may not necessarily be environmentalists or um, avid recyclers, he, here is here is what we're going for. No one is trying to tell you how to live your life. What we're trying to do is we're trying to illustrate that human beings exist because the planet exists. Um, Our body is made of the air and the land and the water that surrounds us. It's a system. And so you and I have to actually work with this system to continue to exist. Now, before there were 7 billion people on the planet, it did not matter what we did did to the planet because there just weren't enough people to make a long-term difference. But now that we have 7 billion people headed towards 8, probably headed towards maybe 10 or 12 billion people on the planet, and we have the technological ability to do some pretty remarkable things, right, either good or bad, that's why we need to start flipping this thing where, just like Jack Johnson, we look at how do we interface with the planet? How can we work with natural systems rather than against them? Okay, Working against natural systems is simple. It's two things. One, natural systems create no pollution. In nature, waste is food. Just look around you. It's obvious. So don't make pollution and use resources in a sustainable fashion. That would mean, for instance, uh, water. Water is the principal ingredient in your body. But that water is being recycled over and over and over again by the water cycle. You're not using it up and not returning it. You are actually using it to make your body, and then you're returning it to the system, and then it goes up into the sky, and then it falls down. See, that that's a cycle. The same thing's happening with air. You exhale CO2, carbon dioxide. It's absorbed by a plant. That plant absor- uh, absorbs that, basically absorbs it, and then releases oxygen that comes back to humans. That's a cycle. So the two rules for working with nature are straightforward. Don't make pollution. Use resources in sustainable ways. Right. And I see this sort of pivot. That's why I get so excited about this subject is because I see a pivot where we human beings could actually pivot in this direction because we're, we're clever enough to know, oh, well, there's the North Star, no pollution and use resources sustainably. That's why, like your dad, I'm excited about electric cars and electricity because virtually everything we use in our home can be powered by the sun or it can be powered by some um, renewable, sustainable force. I mean, it might even be um, wave power. Most of the planet is covered by by oceans. You know, if we could convert that wave energy into energy that we could use to turn a light bulb on or uh, hook up the amp of an electric guitar, that would be remarkable. Yeah. I like your term, how we uh, interface with nature. Mm-hmm. 
And somebody else who I think does a really great job interfacing with nature is Chuck Lavelle, who's the <laughs> keyboard player for the Rolling Stones right. and was a member of the Allman Brothers in the 70s. And he says about the Green Album, a wild, wacky and wonderful eco-trip, Mr. Trash has put it all together with cool grooves, clever arrangements and fun, positive messages so how do you co did you boom, coax boom boom that's it i'm talking <laughs> chuck lavelle quote for steve trash's green album <laughs> how did he get, is he a friend of yours how did you get that out just, of him just uh just through the grapevine of wonderful wonderful uh uh, muscle shoals musicians so we just uh, sort of uh, attracted uh, through actually uh scott uh, uh scott hooked me up because they had been roommates scott boyer yeah yeah uh, had mm -hmm. actually uh uh they'd been roommates uh, about a thousand thousand years ago and he said uh i think i think i could uh i think i got his number here somewhere let me see and you know he texted him but uh yeah that was really nice of chuck to do that and he's uh, chuck's a passionate uh, he and his wife own a um uh it's basically a sustainable tree harvesting uh company uh in uh in georgia yeah, and as yeah. well as being a professional musician, and his website is quite a resource for for green themes. Mm -hmm. Well, here's here's the thing: there are lots of little bitty choices you can you can make to make a lesser impact. Um, but the question that you just ask yourself is: this a good like? There's such a big deal about plastics right now um, because plastics are they're largely being discarded uh, and m many of them are ending up in the in the ocean or they're breaking into tiny little pieces the real question you have to ask yourself when you're trying to use a resource is does it make pollution um and can it be sustainably used right those are the principle you know people say go back to first principles those are first principles when it comes to the natural world i mean we want easy rules like well can i use a plastic straw or not but it, it's more complicated than that you know and so what you want to do is you want to go back to those ideas does it make pollution or can it be sustainably used and then then you'll get your answer you'll get your answer of that and i and i do see human beings like chuck you know and he's a, he's an impressive guy i see us pivoting in that direction as humanity because that's where we need to go because everybody wants clean air and land and water and we want to use the natural gifts that the planet gives us that by the way we do nothing for i mean if you inhale really clean oxygen you literally did nothing to make that oxygen you literally did nothing to make the water that makes up your body so the the tiniest possible thing you could do would be to protect those resources right to work sustainably with natural systems so the spaceship that is spaceship earth keeps continuing in a good trajectory and all of the spacemen and space women that are riding on the spaceship get to have you know a happy voyage absolutely and you're continuing to spread that message too with a very exciting project that's about to launch yep. can you tell me a little bit about I would, that i'd love to tell you about it and music will be very much a part of that the new project is uh i'm part i've partnered with alabama public television now i'm partnered with alabama public television uh to produce this but it will go nationwide it'll be through the nita network which is a um an educators network and the content will be made available to all public television stations across the nation. I know you're in Nashville, so Nashville Public Television um, 
will have access to this actually for free. The project is called Steve Trash Science. And for 11 minutes each Saturday morning, I will uh, take on one science idea. And it could be something as simple as biomes, or it could be something as complicated as digital literacy. It fits in If it fits into the science, technology, engineering, and math, um, uh, milieu, uh, th that means that I'm going to do something on it. And we have really amazing, amazing subjects. I mean, soil, for instance, for farmers. Soil is a fascinating subject. Now, you think it's dirt, right? Most people, ah, it's just dirt. It's just mud. No, no, no. It's a living ecosystem, soil is. So we'll, we'll launch into explaining what soil is in magical and funny ways. In fact, the premise of the show is magic is creating the illusion you can defy the laws of nature. Science is the study of how the the natural world works. So I'll always open the magic, uh, always open Steve Trash Science with a really amazing magic trick, right? To get sort of hook people in and say, now remember, that's just an illusion. I'm not actually doing what I just showed you. But the flip side of that is, let's dig into the science of soil, or let's dig into the science of solar energy, or let's dig into the science of ecosystems. And it'll be very funny. The, the title, the sort of slogan is real science, real funny, because I, I want it to be very enjoyable. It's not going to be like class at all. Yeah, well, and I look forward to seeing that. And I wish you just the best of luck w with it. Too. Thank you. Um, we're here about at the end of our of our conversation. And I sure and truly uh, appreciate you being here, just being, you know, great how you always are and uh, spending those past 45 minutes with, with me. Uh, well, it was a pleasure when you invited me. I, I was like, yippee, let's go. Let's talk, uh, you know, let's let's talk music. And um, to your uh, listeners, uh, Andreas is a remarkable guy. I'm constantly commenting him about he's you, you were born in Switzerland, right? His English is so fantastic. I love language, right? And so I'm always like listening, trying to tell where people are from, you know, if it's regional or if it's a dialect from somewhere else. And um, they were good questions. And, and I very much enjoyed myself today. And I'm going to have to go learn something about Switzerland because I feel I feel ignorant. I should know something about Switzerland, something. Well, you certainly don't have to, but uh, I wish <laughs> yeah, you... Yeah, but I will, though. <laughs> All right, well, and uh, I wish you a safe trip tomorrow. And, oh, thank you. Yeah, headed up to Michigan tomorrow. And uh, and a great start with your new adventure on public television, and uh, hopefully another fun musical project yeah, sometime. We are already working on new projects. We might make this one a little more kid-centric. Um, I do have to pick times when the professional musicians are around, though. You know, And I, I try to find times when they're not on tour or when they're not in the studio with some big recording artist. And that happens fairly often you know they're in in the studio with somebody big and i don't want to get in the way you know i just want us to be relaxed and have a project that's um uh, easy for everybody and they come in for a few hours and they make me look and sound a lot better than i really am yeah well that sounds like a great plan so <laughs> best of luck to you thank you thank you very much <laughs> This was the 38th episode of the Crazy Chester Radio Hour. If you'd like to find out more about Steve Trash, go to his website at stevetrash.com. If you liked this episode, please make sure to check out some of our earlier episodes. 
with more great musicians, songwriters, producers and other music-related individuals. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Crazy Chester Radio Hour podcast on iTunes, TuneIn or Stitcher, or you can also listen to the podcast over at YouTube and SoundCloud. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. See you next time.